22 minutes after 7 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. Of course, today, big day, budget day. And uh, we got some news today about the budget for the 2023-24 financial year, uh, which is set to start on the 1st of April for the uh, uh, government of the Republic of South Africa. And... Uh, yeah, join tonight to touch on that and many other stories out in the markets by Markwe Masilela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder out at Markwe Fund Managers. Except Markwe, who's it? She does it now. She's speaking in Good evening. Ah, thank you. Nandi Masweet. Yeah, you know, you have a fan here in Chores. Chores likes that thing you say of sweet nom katakata. He says it every time when I come here. Except Chores, who's it? Sweet, sweet nom katakata. So uh, I think I think we must record it for him so so that he says it correctly. <laughs> but Mark, I hope you're well, bro. Uh, and just your reflections on on the uh, budget delivered by um, the Minister of Finance this afternoon. And he says, says in the generous. Do you think we're generous? <laughs> he tried his best, you know. But you know, before we even go there, you know, mm. most of us they look okay on paper. The problem becomes the implementation. Yeah. We know a lot of people retaining the money allocated to them, and they forget that if they don't use the cash, then there's some serious opportunity cost, you know. Mm. But yeah, if you look, I think I might be wrong, but some of these things to make sure that every increase is below inflation, look into our expenditure. I mean, the government expenditure is only going about 2.9%. Look into the grant, you know only up by 5%, seeing taxes, just up by 4.9%. I think maybe it's also sending the message, you know, to the public sector workers that, listen, it's not only you guys who won't be getting anything which is inflation-related. And I think we only allocated an increase of 3.3 for the public sector, which is, we know that has been a very funny issue, mm. and we know that it will continue to be one. And even the rating agencies and, and investors are looking to that to see that can government really make sure that their wage bill gets to be contained. But the rent at some point, it was what, 1835? You know, we know the US dollar has been doing okay at the back of uh, expected higher interest rate mm. because of the data that has been coming out. But as the guy was talking, you could see the rent strengthening, touching 1814, you know, I mean, now it's 1817. And I'm saying, Let's look into the rent in light of the day where the dollar is doing okay. So if maybe markets didn't like the budget, probably the rent could have worsened. And probably maybe the rent, they like the fact that the budget deficit is expected to decline from 4.6 to 4.2. We know that our deficit usually has to be financed by hot money, people buying stocks and bonds mm. here. If they can sell it at the click of a button, we've not been doing that great when it comes to FDI, which is something that we definitely need, you know, as a form of investment, because even if they get irritated, they all just close the factory tomorrow. So you need foreign direct investment. But I, uh, this uh, debt servicing cost, just $356 billion. Hey, almost, almost 18% of the tax revenue. And in see tax revenue, we did well. I mean, we collected $94 billion more than expected. And I think we also like the fact that for the first time since 2008-2009, our income is more than our expenditure, and all because of better tax revenue. But all in all, given the relief to ESCOM, 
that was expected, as they indicated as well in October, you know, over a period of three years, and also giving some money to SAA, SA Post Office. I'm not sure now whether Post Office will continue mm-hmm. with retention they're getting this kind of money. But yeah, their expected economic growth is better than that of South African Reserve Bank because they expect a growth of 0.9%. I think South African Reserve Bank, they were talking 0.3%. So all in all, I think... I mean, what's the difference between a few 0.6 percentage of a point, Markwe? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's not been easy. And the headwinds continues to be there. Mm. You know, Mark, I, I think I think the other thing I was quite interested in asking you um, are just some of your thoughts about the balance between and and I, you know, it's a distinction I don't like to entertain, but I think let's go with it just for a little bit. This distinction between what might be seen as social wage spending and you know, I guess investment type spending by the fiscus to improve the long run growth potential of the economy, because I think both are critical to South okay. Africa you know, developing a credible growth story. And uh, I think we're still battling with that, uh, uh, to be frank. Uh, what What is your sense of that? I mean, if you look at what is spent on social transfers, education, healthcare, you know, uh, uh, equitable share and all of that, alongside maybe what has been committed uh, towards infrastructure and by way of even uh, incentives for investment and so on. There's no good balance out of that. And ordinarily, you'll expect more investment, more expenditure, into those kind of uh, investment like the energy or transport stuff like that because as you do that you are creating jobs as people continue to build that kind of infrastructure and even there after the investment infrastructure that investment will attract or before even thinking of attracting people outside the very same companies which are already invested in the country it's easy for them to stop sitting on their hands and start expanding businesses which are already in existence. So if you are able to do that, and that helps you to grow mm. the economy, then you will have enough cash to be able to take care of the social. Because for you to have cash to take care of the social, you need to have serious tax revenue collection. For you to have serious tax collection revenue, it means the economy is growing. And if the economy is growing, it means companies are doing okay, and they'll pay better tax then we know that at some point, and I think even now, paying UN continue to be the biggest contributor to our taxes. You have more people working, contributing to also the tax, then you'll be able to have cash to be able to spend on those kind of things. And what happened to that whole story of at some point wanting to create that uh, sovereign fund, you know, out of all these things, those are the kind of uh, capital that we should be having to be able to easily spend you know, on the social part of things. And we all know, for economy to grow, you definitely need to spend on that because you need a healthy and an educated nation for you to increase productivity. And and, and I guess, you know, you're correct, Marco, that uh, all of these long-run things that are able to improve the productivity of people, the productivity of, you know, capital goods in the economy, all of those, you know, capital productivity of infrastructure and so on, um, are important to do, but there's also the immediate cost of living crisis that we're confronted with now. Uh, you know, yeah. energy prices are up, water prices are up, rentals are up, food inflation is up. You know, did this budget have anything, I guess, on that score? Not really. I think maybe 
if we have to pick deeper and say, listen, the guys decided not to increase, is it the full levy and the RAF? Then we know that it means even when the oil price is up, the rent is weaker, when petrol prices or diesel prices have to go up, we don't even have to worry mm. about the government also taking extra money because they increase the tax. So maybe that is a way of them trying to at least cushion us a little bit, but it might not be enough given what's going to happen to the variables that they cannot control, like the oil prices or even the rent itself. Remember, we are a net importer, and most of these things are priced in dollars. So if the rent continues to misbehave the way it is misbehaving, then definitely we'll continue to import that inflation. And we know, as you said, the cost of living will continue to go up. But they should also be talking for regulated prices because they've mm. got control. Mm. NASA, ESCOM, they're all owned by them. You know, and I think the guys are operating in silos. But listen, guys, this cannot work. You know, we cannot be continuing. At least let us struggle with stuff that we cannot control. Hey, you know, yeah. But let's shift talking about, I guess, all of these dynamics. Let's uh, shift our attention. Uh, one of the big things that came out of the budget speech is allocations to SARS and, uh, uh, you know, uh, a big welcome development, SARS collecting just shy of 100 billion rand more. Uh, than what had been penciled in uh, at the time of last year's budget and the medium-term budget. Uh, but they also, I guess, are in a squabble uh, which went to uh, the uh, uh, Supreme Court of Appeal and might might be heading to the Constitutional Court now with the coronation fund managers. What's, what's happening here? You know, this is all because of the taxes and I think it does the financial year, financial year 2012 to 2022. All the guys are saying, listen, those profits that you earned from the international operations based in Dublin, they have to be taxed. And as a result, there are some penalties as well. So the squabble is around that. Because mm. initially, coronation managed to win the case, but on appeal then, I think the SARS managed to win it. And if SARS have to continue the way they are continuing, and unfortunately, uh, coronation ultimately they have to pay, that took in anything between 800 and 900 million. Hence, the guys are saying this will have a very significant impact when it comes to their earnings, when it comes to their headline earnings pressure, and obviously, dividends going forward. So, it's a situation where we expect that probably, and shareholders maybe in correlation, you will expect them to at least win the case so that they don't have to pay it. But it's all about the squabbles, about money that was earned from the international operation. Mm. And, and, you know, I guess when you see matters like this, where, you know, on the advice, I guess, of uh, professional services players here, they decide to make a provision. Well, what happens to that provision when they put this money away? Where do they put it away? <laughs> it stays as part of their investment that will continue to earn them income. And then what is in the form of putting it in some fixed, uh, what do you call it, money market or buying some bonds or everything. But anyway, this is their game. Correlation, their duty is to invest money. Mm. So they will put it somewhere and it will earn them a nice interest wherever they have to put that. Because then at least if they don't make a provision, then it will be a disaster for shareholders. And I think we'll see them being irresponsible. But guys, you knew that there is this possibility. Why not make a provision? Mm, mm. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then, oops, 
then we'll see. Maybe they will maybe they'll watch shareholders later with a special dividend. Who knows? Hey, who knows? Who knows? Talking about, I guess, interest and uh, what happens there. Well, what's your view on the latest happening out in uh, Japan? I mean, Toyota and Honda, uh, record level wage increases, their first round of negotiations. They give the workers all the well, that the workers want. Um, and I guess the Bank of Japan also watching closely and saying, you know, especially under new leadership, will this kind of thing be replicated by other employers in the Japanese economy? And what implication might that have on a wage price spiral? I think the other companies will follow. And I think uh, we can maybe learn uh, one or two things from these guys. Remember, inflation is going up. Their target is uh, what you call 2%. 2%, yeah. Yes. Now, that thing, as you said, inflation is the rising cost of living. So now, where do we earn our money? We earn our money from salaries. Mm. So if things are going up, how am I going to cope as a worker? Then you just have to increase my salaries to at least a bit inflation. Because remember, if my money is not growing at the rate, at least of inflation, it means your rent or your Japanese and starts buying less than what it was buying. And that is what we're experiencing currently here. But our inflation is sitting at 6.9%. People are getting salary increases of 3 to 4%. Mm. If you are large, others don't even get that. So it tells you that you cannot cope. So you have to downgrade. Then it talks to uh, the likes of IMF has been saying that you might end up having a recession, which is mainly driven by central bankers because they cannot tame that inflation. So I'm starting to have less. Then ultimately, then I'll be able to buy things that I'm used to buy. Then whoever has been manufacturing that, they have to cut workers as well or ultimately have to close down. You know, I guess when we look at it like that, uh, Mark, well, there's, a, there's a big question mark around, you know, to what degree um, is that linked to, in the Japanese context, a central bank that has been rather aggressive um, insofar as its policy perspective is concerned on, like, easy money, easy monetary conditions, negative real interest rates, very active in the bond and equity markets as well. Um, I mean, are we likely to see them responding? So if indeed everybody follows suit, and it translates to, I guess, higher expectations of inflation. Are we likely to see the Japanese bank, uncharacteristically for the first time in a long time, intervening in the market here? Definitely they will. And I think today, or if not yesterday, they also had in, in an emergency auction to intervene when it comes to the bond market. And we know they've been doing that at the time when the yen was struggling big time compared to the U.S. dollar because of that interest rate differential between the U.S. dollar and the Japanese yen mm. because the U.S. interest rates, they were not. So that impacted the yen. And I think also that the weaker yen continues to imp- uh, impact when it comes to inflation because now the currencies are so weak and then whatever that they need to import becomes expensive. And it's not just weak against the dollar, even other currencies, the likes of the euro as well. So ultimately... It might be a vicious second unless if it gets, then I think they will be able to cap it because look at the salary increases. Toyota didn't disclose, but with our Honda, that would be plus minus 5%. So if you increase salaries at a rapid rate compared to the increase of inflation, then probably you might be ahead of the curve. Mm. But if you do the opposite, I think it will take you forever to be able to cap that. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's one of those interesting ones that come out of uh, uh, Japan. And then the last one, uh, yeah, how are you doing under stage seven? New terrain, new conditions, new <laughs> levels of darkness. <laughs> no, no, it's not easy. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> we mainly talk about the economic impact of this whole thing. We forget about the mood of those people who are supposed to be going to work. Mm. You know, we forget about the crime part of it when this load shedding is happening. So you get to dampen the mood of your citizens and how to expect them to be productive. We forget about the wastage when it comes to food, you know, from people who are selling perishables, that it's just one big thing. Ordinary manufacturer, if I know I'm going to be not having light for five hours a day, why should I open? Then the question will be, thank you, we're not working for four days or three days. How do you expect me to pay you the full salary? It's going to cost them serious, serious, serious conflict going forward. Because workers are also watching, the employers are watching, mm. and the members of the employer, salaries continue to be the biggest uh, expense. Here you are, out of 21 days, if you work it out of the hours, probably the guys work 15 days. But oh, you, must yeah, yeah. For, you must still pay them for 21 days. And anyway, it's not their fault, it's not your fault. It's a situation where you find yourself. Then they come next day, they want to ask for salary increase, where are you going to get the money to, 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 to pay for that? What do we do? What do we do, Marco? Because, you know, if I look at what ESCOM is saying, ESCOM is saying they need probably between 4,000 and 6,000 megawatts of, uh, you know, capacity to ensure regular energy supply. We are at a stage now where 7,000 megawatts have been lost. So I'm not sure if it's 6,000 that would plug that lost 7,000 or it's 7,000 in addition to if we had had this, the 7,000, well, 6,000 in addition to the 7,000 that we would have lost. You, you, you get people who know their story to go and fix things. And I'm saying this, the likes of ESCOM, SASO, 90% of skilled workers there, the only thing they know is ESCOM. They got batteries from ESCOM. They mm. only work for That's all what they know. These are the guys who can help you. Not all of them will be CEOs or COOs, but within ESCOM itself, you've got the guys who really understand this thing, whether it's transmission or generation, stuff like that. And this could have been done long time ago. It's embarrassing that today we are running around like headless chicken, as if it's an amazing. This thing has been with us for years. We don't need this new CEOs there, man. We don't need like new C-suite people. We actually need people in the cold place, plant managers, boiler engineers, whatever they call We need those people. And they've been there, you know. They called oh, Amapazad right. from the ESCOM. They've been, that's all they know. Ay, ay, ay. Abafaka makuza na ma reflect abang in guys. Ay, ay, because now, ay, ay, no, we can't live like this. And you know, there are two things I also want to just ask you in relation to the story. We saw one of the papers leading with a story earlier on today that um, there is, uh, within the financial market circles, you guys are already pricing an, uh, an entire grid collapse. Now, I want to understand that. But the second part is what you make of your friend Andre Dorator's remarks uh, to uh, the ETV news channel. You know, the financial sector, I think 
this is what we expect from most guys to do. That to be honest with yourself, that there is that possibility that stuff like this will happen. Mm. People might ban on you. Systems might not work. People might not get their salaries. We might not be able to settle our trade, you know, when it comes to the change you want to trade. So what do you do if that happens? And we know that if people get a, 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 a hiccup like that, when things start working again, they're not going to trust in the system. They want to have maybe a run you know, and try to get their money out. So how do you plan that? And I think I need to give it to the reserve bank. I think they've been planning this since 2015. And that confirms that this issue of you know, trading or a total blackout has been there with us for quite some time. We just prepare for that. If maybe we relate to this or compare it with the correlation story, we make a provision. If it doesn't happen, then that's okay. But at least we make that provision. And we hope we don't get there. Because remember... If you get your financial system not to work, then I think you're dead. Just like if you don't get your law enforcement to work, then people don't trust you as an investment destination. Those things are very critical and other things as well. And the writer, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, why didn't you open a case? I, Namandias, I, I don't know what to make. You know, for me, there are so many funky things about how that discussion unfolded. Um, and I unfortunately now couldn't watch the whole thing because I had to stop watching. Then the next time I checked, it's no longer out on YouTube. So I don't know. Maybe our listeners might have a link or some have downloaded it. But yeah. What does the law say? If, if you know of someone who's doing something wrong, aren't you supposed to report You have a not? duty and an obligation to report it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And we're not saying it's lying. I but the guess. question is, did you really have to wait for your last days? I mean, the guy practically is left with 34 days before he leaves because he's supposed to leave at the end of March. Yeah, Do you yeah. really have to wait for 34 days or so? And remember, this is the guy who should have left, you know, uh, before. He was asked to stay a bit longer. So are you going to tell us these things after he has left? I don't know. No, They should take it further if, if, if that's the case. No, but they should just ask him to say, no, Chief, please hand in your laptop and everything else at Megawatt Park. Uh, or just say, when well, you will complete your work from home. Because now... Be, I, no, I'm just saying, because I don't know to what degree, you know, when somebody's scorned like that, it's dangerous. And it's, and it's not right. You know, you look at the narrative that you see, you know, in, in the media. Everybody is protecting the writer that he are didn't get their support. How about the other previous CEOs that have been there? They left and then we kept quiet and we replaced them. But with the with the right time, we're not doing mm. other things. I mean everybody's like, yeah, this is a good guy. It's all because of us that they didn't get the support or all those things that have been happening they know whatever that was happening, you know, in those corridors. But my point is ESCOM's got skilled guys who can help, you know, with the necessary support. And now with this whole thing that their balance sheet will be lightened because you are taking some of their debt, then I think they stand a good chance to be able to turn themselves around. Sure. I, Makwe, we leave it here for tonight, brother. Always a pleasure catching up with you. And we're going to be watching the latest out of Megawatt Park. Well, I don't think we're going to be watching, but I, you, you get what I'm saying. Because we can't watch without electricity because. Thank you, Mark. Ay, 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 ay.